Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Make and Decorate podcast with Stephanie. It is also the final episode of season four. Woohoo! We made it through another season. Yay! It has been a whirlwind of a season with so many amazing guests and fun and educational solo episodes with me. Thank you so much for listening and making this podcast part of your creative life. I will upload some favorite episodes over the summer to keep you entertained while you enjoy your summer sewing and crafting activities. The Make and Decorate Friends group is growing and more and more of you are joining us. Thank you. This group is private and free and is on the Mighty Networks platform. You can access it on the computer at MightyNetworks.com and just type in Make and Decorate Friends to join. Or an easier way is to click the invite link on the podcast blog and you'll be instantly added to the group. That link is also on the um, show notes tab of your podcast platform. So if you look at the note, it, sometimes I guess they will call it notes or um, details. Click on that. I have the link there as well. We've had some really great chats this past week and more projects have been posted. So come on over and join us. I probably have driven everyone crazy, though, this past week with all of my gardening updates and photos. So, um, yeah, but uh, it's fun. It's really fun to see and catch up with everyone and what you're making and doing. Also, if you're not a patron, check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash make and decorate. Here you can subscribe to support the podcast and receive a monthly bonus episode year round, which means you get a new episode per month when the free podcast is on hiatus. My guest on this episode is Vicki Holloway from the My Creative Corner 3 podcast. Vicki returns to chat with me about quilting, crafting, and gardening. For time reference, we recorded this episode in mid-February. But first, let's do a little bit of chit-chat. I hope you all had a nice Memorial Day weekend holiday and that you had time to share with your family and loved ones. Many of us know or have fallen service members taken from active duty. My brother is a retired Army reservist. He just retired this past year. And he was part of an award ceremony in his city where they named a block in honor of a young Marine corporal who died in action seven years ago. She was 23 years old, just too young, too young to go. It's been a tough week and a half for all of us. I won't go into detail because that would be an entirely different podcast, but I do want to say that my heart is broken over what happened in Uvalde. And part of my coping process is to make something with my hands. And in this instance, 
I went to our mending pile. We have like a big <laughs> pile of mending, a basket full. Um, a lot of my husband's pants and shorts, sometimes shirts. Uh, but in this instance, I pulled out a pair of my husband's shorts. Uh, it's his favorite pair of shorts, I guess, is what he says. And there was a huge hole in them. And I hand mended that hole with a patch and visible stitching. I know many people who sew and quilt do not like to mend clothing. You see all of those memes about, yes, I sew, will I mend your clothes or hem your pants? No, I will not. Um, and I, yeah, I think that is true for a lot of us um, to not do that just for anyone. But for my husband, I don't mind it at all. It's something I put my love into, um, just like cooking. You put love into the food that you prepare for your loved ones and that mending project was just what I needed to help lift my spirits just even so slightly. It was enough to get me to move forward a bit and not stay stuck in a dark and depressed state. Um, and you all know you were probably at the same um, you know, place that I was. Um, and uh, if you're feeling down, Try something creative, even for 15 minutes, sketching, hand stitching, knitting, and even cooking a special meal. It, it might help. It, it probably will help. Um, and it doesn't even have to be anything that really requires great focus or detail. Um, I, I think even just uh, sketching and doodling on a pad of paper um, is enough to um, put your mind into that creative side uh, and to help the racing thoughts and the emotional, you know, drainage that's happening to you. Um, it helps. It helps it, I think. Anyway, moving on, the weekend before last, <laughs> we went on a road trip. It was just a day trip uh, to Iowa. So we drove out there, and it was for my niece Emma's sixth birthday. It was a nice day weather-wise. It was a little chilly, but uh, my sister has this um, really nice uh, gas fire pit um, and it was perfect for that kind of a day, just kind of like sitting in front of the fire. Uh, and I gifted the, um, one of the, uh, cat dolls that I have made and she loved it. This niece of mine, Emma, she is the best person to gift to because she just makes a huge deal about anything she opens up. And sincerely, just like, I love it. I love it. <laughs> She's so cute. And she was hugging it. She is a bit of a drama queen. So I'm sure that that factors into her reaction. But it's joyful. And I love it. And uh, she's really fun. But it's always fun uh, when someone really loves and appreciates the things that you make for them. So that was fun. 
And uh, she did look, you know, to see her name embroidered onto the front with a heart. Uh, so they like special things like that. Who doesn't like a personalized special gift like that? Then we got back and Monday I had to go to jury duty. Oh, yes. I brought knitting with me <laughs> to keep myself busy there. And uh, it was a large room and I felt like I was back in the day in a large classroom Everyone was kind of like quiet, but, um, you know, you're just kind of doing a little people watching. And the guy next to me, uh, he was erasing papers. He had this eraser and he just kept erasing page after page after page. I don't know what it was. I kind of looked over there a couple of times and I'm like, what could he possibly be erasing? I really have no idea what he was erasing, but he was doing it for two hours straight. It was crazy. (laughs) Um, But I I had my headphones in, so I had my music to kind of like, you know, distract me from the left side of my table. (laughs) And um, I just uh, was knitting um, and no one else there had brought any type of crafty type of a project. I was a little bit shocked, I guess. I guess I kind of um, I imagined that some other people would bring something like knitting, crochet, or even a little hand stitching. But nope, not in this group. I was the only one. There were some cancellations at court, and a lot of us were released early. And I was on to the rest of my week. There's a crochet hat that I posted in Mighty Networks, and it's really cute. Um, I posted it because I was looking for an alternative to this beautiful crochet hat that is uh, available to purchase on the Liberty website, but it's like upwards of $500. So I found this pattern that looks very similar to it, and I started to crochet it, and then... I was like, no, (laughs) I cannot continue this. Uh, My crochet stitches are very tight. The tension is tight and there is this half double crochet, but not a regular one. It's, It's sort of like crossed back or twisted. It creates like this cool little twisted, um, design And, uh, yeah, it was just, um, not going to work for me. It was just hurting my hand too much. So I, I stopped and I said, there has to be a knitting pattern for a hat. There has to be one out there. And I did find one. It was hard though, because most, uh, sun hat patterns are crochet. And I kind of get that. I can kind of see like how a crochet stitch makes a better sun hat than um, a knitted one. Uh, But I found a knitting one and I did start that. So I'm really only at the very beginning, but already it's much easier for, it's much easier on my hands than, than the crochet one. Also, I have the waddle curve skirt pattern traced and cut out and it's, I'm ready to cut the fabric out. But gardening has really been taking the front seat for the past week and will be for at least another week or two until everything gets planted. 
So let's talk about gardening a bit. This past weekend was centered around getting our container garden planted. I got up super early and that is actually a feat for me to do. I'm not a morning person at all, but my husband is right. And, you know, he's always like, you got to get there early before the crowd, like right when they open up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I knew it this time because it's happened time and time again and where he has been able to tell me, told you so. So I did it. I got up early. I was really kind of excited about it. I mean, this was something planned we were going to do. And um, you know how like the Christmas uh, poem is just like sugar plums dance through their heads like when they were sleeping right before Christmas? Well, I had like flowers and and of all different colors and types uh, floating around in my dreams and was very excited when I woke up to actually get ready to go to the garden center. We stopped at Starbucks first because that was definitely a requirement for me getting up so early. <laughs> and it was on a weekend. It was on Saturday. So I'm like, oh, you know, there's not going to be a work crowd there. There's not going to be a line. Wrong. There was a huge long line at Starbucks. And to top it off, their app was not working. I usually always pre-order. Uh, and when I go through the drive-thru, I can just say I have a mobile order for Stephanie and boom, you're in. And I like it because you can customize all of your add-ins right there in the app and know that it's going to be made to your specifications. <laughs> um so, yeah, I think I'm one of those, <laughs> one of those people who, that get made fun of for like this ridiculously long drink order of, you know, uh, I don't know. I just can't even it's it's I, I like coconut milk and extra shot uh, cinnamon, two pumps of vanilla syrup only that sort of thing. So I just rather just, um, you know pick it out on the app and and done it's all done but yeah it wasn't working so we had to order at the window my husband hates to order my coffee drinks because he you know thinks they're ridiculous but uh so I kind of like shouted across from the passenger side what my drink order was and the barista like was completely fine with it they knew exactly what I was talking about so I'm like there hello and he's, my husband's just like, I don't have a red eye. I was like, whatever, so boring. Okay, anyway, so that was our morning. And then uh, we get to the garden center and we took Cooper with us. He stayed in the car for a little bit uh, because it was still really cool out and we parked under a tree. But I did go um, back to the car and grab him pretty much right when we were about ready to check out. Uh, so, and uh, the, this garden center is dog friendly, which is nice. Uh, and yeah, I was pretty happy with what I got because last year I really wasn't that thrilled with um, the flowers that I got. Uh, and uh, I think it's because I, um, you know, when you're on a budget and you just, you know, uh, 
it's it's more um you get more for your money by buying like the general generic filler plants like the super wave petunias and and um all those kinds of things so this year i wanted some statement plants and flowers and i diminished the amount of all of those you know filler plants and it worked out so much better I passed on this last year and I wanted, I saw this little beautiful dwarf spruce tree and it can be planted in a container and it only grows to about three and a half feet tall. So of course, my husband was trying to talk me out of it again this year and I said, uh, no, I passed on this last year and I will be getting it right now. (laughs) Uh, So I got that. And I also got a flowering rose bush because I do have the two bare root rose bushes that I had ordered um, in, you know, the late winter. And those are not going to bloom until next year. So I still wanted a blooming flowering rose bush. And I got this one. It's called cashmere. It is a, it produces a red flower. It's kind of like a hybrid tea rose. Um, it says it has a light scent. But um, it's there. There were a couple of roses bloomed on there, and they were beautiful. This really beautiful crimson, velvety red rose, and it's meant to be um, cutting flowers. Uh, so I planted it. I got it, and I planted it. I love it. It's in a large container. Uh, and that's another statement plant that I got. And then a couple other ones I got were <laughs> mandevias. I I said that I wasn't going to get them this year, uh, but I I'm not putting them in these large containers uh, by the trellis wall that we have because, like I said last year, it took them all summer to get to the point where they were mature enough and they had started to climb up the um, the trellis by the end of the summer. So by the time they were like beautiful, full, blooming, bushy, like a vine that, you know, climbed up the entire wall, it was like October. So that was, oh, I was so just like depressed about that because I'm looking at this gorgeous, beautiful you know, wall of flowers that is about to be killed off by frost (laughs) and the fall. Uh, But I just love those flowers they produce and they flower at the entire season long from beginning to late. They'll flower until frost, basically. Uh, So I got, you know, the a couple of those. I got a pink one and a red one and they are in smaller size pots and they're going to be sort of like a standalone statement one it and it it looks fine they look very full and um nicely bloomed in the pot that they're in and so i don't have to worry about like waiting for them to grow 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 up up a wall Uh, and another statement flower I got is a purple button flower. This is a perennial. They have really cute little purpley textured flowers. They do look like a fabric covered button. It's very cute. Uh, and it's a perennial. So we'll see if it comes back next year, uh, or if I might plant it into the ground before, um, 
the end of the season. I'm not sure yet. Uh, and then, of course, the usual geraniums, wave petunias, and impatience, plus the flowers that um, the flowers that I grew from seed. Yeah, so uh, I've got some petunias that I grew from seed. They're still really pretty young and delicate, so a few of them have not made it, but some of them have grown a little bit large enough. So I've got those, and I have some of the alyssum, which are um, they're low height. You know, they're they're nice like layering plants. They're low height and they're filler. So I have some that are white flowers and a couple that are. Uh, so those I have been planting with the other flowers. So it really does help. It helped a lot that I could then focus on these statement pieces and um, know that I had grown these other things for filler pieces. Um, yeah, so it's going well. And it was so hot this weekend. Super high. It was in the 90s. It's in the 90s today. It will cool down by the time this podcast goes up later in the week. And it'll be in, we'll be at a really comfortable mid-70s temp by then. Uh, however, I got a pet pool for Cooper. <laughs> And uh, because I remember last summer when it was so super hot and it's just like you're melting outside. And I was I thought, you know, it'd be nice just to have like a little pool to dip your feet in. And um, so I got this one and it's specifically a pet pool. It's foldable. It's so easy to just and it's you know, it's not large. It's about 48 inches round. And um. But Cooper really is—he's doesn't want to step into it. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, and when I thought about it, he never really wanted to go into a large swimming pool either. Because when we were up in Canada, um, they had a nice in-ground pool, and he could have gone in there. My husband was trying to get him to, go, you know, go into that pool, but no, he was not having anything to do with it. Uh, but he loves to run right into Lake Michigan, like this big massive lake with waves crashing to you know into the sand but he's he's been doing that since he was a baby puppy it's weird it's it's kind of interesting to see like things that um you, your pet has been exposed to and not and what they're used to and what they're not used to doing and not comfortable with so we'll see we'll see how it goes through the summer but um if if anything, it'll be like a little pool for me to dip my feet in when it's super hot and for when my uh, little baby nieces and nephews come over. All right. I need to wind this chit chat segment down so we can get to my conversation with Vicky. Uh, so I'm just going to finish up here with what I'm watching and one of the shows is called Wisting Season 2. This is a Nordic crime show and uh I forget what channel. I think it's a Sundance now, but it's also available on Acorn and I'm sure maybe even like Amazon Prime. But uh, it's Wisting season two. And there is a reference to quilting in one of the later episodes. There was a patchwork zipper box pouch. This And it's a it was a police officer. And they had been like on this overnight, you know, sort of 
no sleep, no going home because they're like intently almost, you know, getting to the point of getting this um, the suspect. So he's brushing his teeth outside and he's got this zipper pouch and then his his uh his counterpart, the, the detective, is walking up and he's like, oh, didn't I tell you so-and-so, which is his wife's name, has taken up quilting. Yeah, patchwork. Uh, and he holds up a square patchwork design on this zipper pouch. I was like, oh, sure, go on, make fun of our craft. But you're using it, aren't you? Yeah, he was using it. He brought it with him. He had the zipper pouch. And uh, I think deep down, that character probably, you know, appreciates and loves what his wife makes for him, (laughs) even though it's not a real person. But they wrote it into the story like that. So um, I know. It's just like, and then they do the same thing with knitting. It's just like, knitting is for grandmas. No, no, it isn't. And oh, don't you wish you knew how to knit, right? Oh my gosh, I get really like defensive of our craft <laughs> and what we make. Um, another crime show that um, I watch is Bosch, but it switched over from Amazon Prime to something else. Freeview, I think it's called. Uh, so they re it's the exact same show and it's a new season, but they had to give it a new name. So now it's called Bosch Legacy. And this one is where this... Um, Detective is no longer a detective. He's, you know, private investigator now, but his daughter has just joined the police force. So it's very interesting to see how she's learning, you know, the business of becoming a police officer. Um, Lots of action and that sort of thing. Mimi Rogers is an attorney on the show as well. Um, Really good show if you like crime um, dramas. And then another one is called The Offer. I know I mentioned this before. There's only a few more episodes left in the season. It's on Paramount Plus, and it's called The Offer. It's really, really good. It's set into the early 70s, and it follows the Paramount Studios and um, the characters, the real-life people of um, Mario Puzo, who wrote the novel, The Godfather, and... um, Oh my gosh, I just had his name in my head and now it's gone. Uh, The guy who directed it. So um, it's good. It has some funny parts and, you know, some not so funny, but it's a really, really good show. It's amazing that that movie even ever got made (laughs) based on all of the, you know, um, just the blocks that it had of people who did not want it to be made. Ah, Francis Ford Coppola. That's the name of that director. (laughs) It just popped right back in my head. Does this happen to you? You have something in your head at one second and the next it's just disappeared. There's a new Star Trek show out. I don't know what it's called. It's Star Trek something. And it's pretty good, too. I would never just watch Star Trek on my own. But because my husband likes it. Um, it's one of his shows, so we're watching this show, but it's actually good. I actually kind of like this one. I, I don't, I don't really like, like most of them, (laughs) uh, but this particular one is pretty good. And that one is also on Paramount Plus. All right. This is one of my sort of like, you know, I don't even know what you would call it. Trashy shows that I watch. (laughs) 
Uh, and the only housewife show that I still watch now, I used to watch all, you know, the Jersey and the Orange County, um, Atlanta, but now I'm only down to one. It is the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And uh, I've been watching this one since the beginning. And as usual, there are crap stirrers um, and high ridiculous fashion getting dressed up to the nines to just to go shopping. And there is a new character, Diana. And this woman is super rich. I think she's rich by like marriage. She uh, did not grow up wealthy, um, but uh, you would never know it. <laughs> and this one, she's going to give Erica a run for her money, literally. So I see an interesting dynamic kind of building and happening right there with those guys. Uh, but yeah, Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now there's a new one coming out that I might watch to see how it goes. It, there's a Housewives of Dubai coming out. So I will see what that's all about. And if it'll be interesting enough to keep watching. Because most of these shows are kind of now all the same and has heavily produced content and... Uh, you really don't know like what's real, what's fake, what's, you know, sometimes like they're fighting, but are they really, or is it just for ratings? I don't know. I can only take so much of that anymore now. <laughs> All right. One more YouTube. I started watching this channel and this is a newest channel. She's only been doing videos since like last fall, I think definitely just last year. And it's Andy the Maker, A-N-D-I, Andy the Maker. Oh, and she's in Dubai. <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> she loves to sew. It's a young woman, a young mother. And she, her, her mother is a seamstress and taught her how to sew. Her mother-in-law also sews. She quilts and she makes dolls. So now they have a business together. And it's called So Natural. I'll put a link to the website. And they sell fabrics and notions. And Andy has a YouTube channel and she does sewing tutorial videos. And she gives you ideas on what to sew and sell at like craft fairs or, you know, anywhere you want to sew and sell things that you make. It's really interesting. I really, really like this um, this YouTube channel. Okay, so one more thing before we get on to my chat with Vicki. I want to wish all of you a wonderful summer. Stay in touch via my Mighty Networks Make and Decorate Friends group on Instagram and Patreon for continued bonus episodes. Uh, if you join Patreon, you'll also get the entire back library of episodes to catch up on. If you record a voicemail on my podcast blog page, I will answer your question via email, and then I'll save it to play on an episode in season five. Uh, so yeah, enjoy your summer, everyone, and I will... Look forward to a brand new season five coming up in the fall. All right, let's uh, 
let us move on to my chat with Vicki Holloway. She's back to chat with me. I wanted to have Vicki back on my podcast because I listened to her podcast and over the years we've become friends and have lots to chat about. I One of the things I love is that we don't do everything the same and we have different likes and dislikes of sewing, crafting, and gardening. And I think you'll enjoy our conversation. So here's my chat with Vicki Holloway from the My Creative Corner 3 podcast. Today I have a returning guest, Vicki Holloway, and she is also a podcaster. Her podcast is My Creative Corner 3. And she is a quilter and multi-crafter, just like me, loves to garden, and she makes fairy gardens. Uh, so I am really happy to have you back. Welcome back, Vicki. Oh, thanks for having me back. I always enjoy talking to you, Stephanie. Oh, yay, me too. I like chatting with you, chatting with you too. And I hear your podcast a lot, and I'm like, oh, I want to have her on again so we can chat about this and that. <laughs> uh, so um, because... You know, you're a solo podcaster like me, and um, so when you talk about things, it's a little bit more like one-sided. I mean, of course, all of us out there are like talking back to you and and saying stuff, but um, I think it's nice because you are a podcaster, so it gives your listeners and my listeners a chance to hear your side of things in a conversation style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And and I don't have very many guests on. Just part of it's my schedule and part of it is just um, technology, you know, over it can be overwhelming sometimes, but it is so much fun to sit and talk. And, and I think every once in a while when I ask a really probably mundane question, I hear people answer in my head. I'm like, I know. Um, but but I do throw things out there too. So people can answer me because I legitimately once in a while will have questions or problems. And I'm like, nobody knows the answer to do you. <laughs> and I get people who do comment and, and give me tips and tricks and, and answer. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, absolutely. I also want to mention you're located because part of your podcast um, intro is that you talk about life in your Northern town. So you're located in, northern Michigan like really north (laughs) yes I'm not quite to the UP yet but Mm -hmm. we're considered um, if you're from Michigan um, the UP is the upper peninsula and for people who live below the bridge we're in the northern lower so we just shorten that to northern Michigan so Mm -hmm. I'm close to probably 50 miles from what we call the tip of the mitt Um, (laughs) and I also live in a high elevation so it's a snow belt it's a tourist area we live not too far from a really um, deep wilderness area so you can get lost in the woods and we do that quite a bit look for elk there's elk herd that lives close to us and in and snow that's most of my life from October through March is snow. So we we are talking about that a lot on my podcast because people are fascinated with lots mm-hmm. of snow. Yeah. Um, this year, actually, we're a little bit behind. We normally get 140 to 160 inches of snow a winter. Mm-hmm. This year, we're only at 80. So it's oh, wow. been a travesty for everybody. <laughs> um, I don't ski and snowmobile like the people in the county or people who come up north but it's so funny we went to go visit my parents who live down downstate is what we call it in michigan near the lansing flint area 
And the number is, it was literally bumper to bumper of cars and snowmobile trailers and everybody coming north because we had snow (laughs) and it was snowing Saturday. It was short-lived, but it's just funny. We usually get out of town on those kinds of days because you can't, you can't move around. It's kind of like, I don't know, have you ever been to Gatlinburg in the summer mm-hmm. where, yeah, it gets like that up here, only we're a really small town. So I was going to ask you that, like, what type of a town is it? Because um, I, I, is it more, is it like a suburb or is it like small town? Like... Small town. We <laughs> only have a few thousand people in the oh, town. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe 10,000 in the entire county. So yeah. we are a, I-75 is the major four-lane highway that goes all the way up through the UP and it goes all the way to Florida. We are a small town that when you pull off, there's everything you could need for gas stations, fast food. We do have quite a few big box stores for people who are traveling, can pick things up. So it's, it is a tourist town. Now what's super funny about our little town is in the 60s, they decided because we have lots of snow, we needed a theme. We had to have a theme downtown to draw the tourists to the downtown area. So they made it a Swiss theme. I'm like, nobody up here is Swiss, actually. <laughs> um, the immigrants um, that lived came from old countries that settled up here were actually Polish. So we have Polish festivals and we have this Swiss Alpine theme. It's a very odd um amalgamation of tourist themes, but it works. Uh, you come to our downtown area and uh-huh. it kind of looks like Bavaria, kind of, you know, Yeah, <laughs> only in Michigan. It's funny. That reminds me. Yeah. That reminds me of another place in Michigan that we went to. It, it's not as far North as you, uh, but it's, um, a, I think it's a ski resort. Uh, okay. And there's golf courses there. Cause my husband went there golfing and we went up there one time. Uh, what's it's called? It starts with a Did B. Did you go to Frankenmuth? It's not that. It's along the lake. Along the lake. Oh, there's lots of beautiful oh, places along boy, there. Is it Boy? boy there's Boyne Mountain. Boyne. Boyne. That's, That's what about it is. 15 miles from my house, actually. Maybe 20. Really? Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. I, I, I went there closer, years and years ago. Yeah. yeah. So I live closer to the highway where they live closer to Lake Michigan. You know, people on that side. Um, <laughs> so, so it's kind of like um, the great crossing of roads where I live. The major east-west and the major north-south. And so we get a lot of people just traveling. Yeah. And, um, it's just, but it's fun um, mm-hmm. to live in a place that still retains small town USA. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really small. Yeah, that's, um, it, it, but what I love is on your um, Instagram, how you post like, on the weekends, if you and your husband go out, you know, on hikes or whatever, um, you ca- you have all these beautiful photos and videos of, um, like you said, the elk. Mm-hmm. and um, the landscape, and then you go to some place where it has the little waterfalls, and it's just very, very nice to see. I just like seeing stuff it, like that. It is, it's, it, it is one of those things that we're very blessed to live here mm-hmm. because there is a lot of beautiful places. Even though I've been to some of these places my whole life, it never, mm-hmm. ever ceases to amaze me, the beauty yeah, yeah. that's out there. So so nice. we really enjoy it, and I like to post about it and. 
I just think that it's interesting because a lot of people don't get to see what I get to see. Right. Um, yeah. And I'm, I get it because when my husband and I were younger, he was in the Air Force. And so we lived in the desert Southwest for about five years. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you know, I took all those trees for granted. Mm. I didn't realize that people didn't have all of the water and <laughs> the trees and the, and the mm-hmm. different different climates like we do. Because you, you know, yeah. Travel 15 miles, 20 miles, it's totally, it looks totally different. Right. So it's right, a lot absolutely. of fun. Absolutely. So I like to talk about life in my northern town. Yeah, yeah, I think that's nice. And and people, you're right, people do enjoy hearing about it, because uh, especially if it's very different from where they live. So you also curate a blog uh, with your sisters, Sister Nancy, mm-hmm. right? And is, yes. is that one, the Sunday morning coffee blog, or is it a different? We do. Um, my Creative um, Souls. Our creative souls. Our creative and they soul. do a segment of that on the podcast. We, because my sister and I, my sister lives near my parents, which is a couple of hours south. Okay. But she is a very artistic and creative person. And we like to talk about what we're working on. And, and funny enough, a lot of times it's similar things. And uh, so that was a place for me to, to post about non quilting things because. Sometimes people want to come to the blog and of my creative corner and just look at quilting things. And then I will share back and forth. But we usually talk about knitting and crocheting and gardening and fairy mm-hmm. gardens. Uh, my sister does a lot of um, sculpting. She has concrete that mm-hmm. she makes into garden sculptures. She's made fairy gardens with concrete uh, planters. She also, you know, shares about planting all she has so many garden different places but she also does murals she paints and all kinds of things so right now she's uh loom she had a, a first a, a loom knitting where you do it by hand and now she has rheumatoid arthritis so mm-hmm. she has a knitting machine so together we're talking about all the fun things that we like to do <laughs> so we're doing yarn things right now mm-hmm. and towards spring and summer we'll talk probably more about gardens mm-hmm. and fairy gardens and things like that yeah yeah that's great it's it's nice that you have a sister that you could share that with um because like in my family i'm pretty much the only person who quilts and sews. And so that's why I am teaching my niece, nieces, mm-hmm. whoever wants to learn kid wise. Exactly. So, so I sew with my, now she's 13. I can't believe it. And, and they live in Iowa and um, they were just FaceTiming with me and she's talking about getting her, her permit, driver's permit. And I'm like, wait a second, what? you're only 13. <laughs> and my sister's like, well, there's farms here in Iowa and they got to drive the tractors at 14 or something like that. Do. I don't know. I'm my like did. completely my blown yeah. away. She grew up oh, on a farm goodness. and they did the same thing. Wow. Yeah. And it's great. My mom is a, is a very avid quilter. So between the three of us, a lot of times, you know, we get together and talk about things and share things. And my mom um, bought the long arm that I have mm-hmm. and so she comes up in North and we do quilt camp from time to time <laughs> and she'll spend a week or That's two fine. and she'll do things. I'll do things. She likes the long arm, but didn't um, love it. So yeah. when they retired and moved away from all of the snow, um, she decided that it could stay with me. <laughs> That's and so nice. It's at the foot of my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, I would take a long arm anyway. I w- make room uh, in my little tiny two flat house. <laughs> It's wonderful to have one. It really is mm-hmm. because 
trying to mush a big machine, a, a quilt under your little machine, I found it very difficult. Yeah, um, I, I do too. Because um, I now I think the older I get, I start to feel it in my shoulders when you're trying to hunch and yeah. and, and you're moving this fabric. Um, and also, I think it would help more if I actually like had a sewing table where the sewing machine was flat with the table surface. Because mm-hmm. part of that is your hands are raised up and that hunches your shoulders yes. up when the sewing machine is like four inches above the table surface. That's what I have. And yeah. you get it in your neck. The thing, too, about a long arm is you have your quilt on a dedicated machine. Mm-hmm. It's all set up. I have a one thread that I use, one type of mm-hmm. um, basic you know, batting that I like the best. So you don't have to mess with tension much. Mm-hmm. And off you go. So I can spend a few minutes on that machine, a few minutes on my mm-hmm. sewing machine, a few minutes on my cricket, and <laughs> life is good. <laughs> yeah, that's it's nice. It, it is nice to have a dedicated one for that. So we'll see one day because I'm even like toying with the idea. Well, maybe I should get like a sit down long arm first, or I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm always looking, but it's not the time yet. <laughs> it's oh, I not know the time mean. for me yet. It's down the road. But I'm I'm um it's not I like to be able to look forward to that though, because you know, I've I've already like gotten, you know, the the serger that I want and the sewing machine. You know what I mean? So it's yes. like if you have everything, then there's nothing to look forward to. <laughs> exactly. No, it's true. And then you can practice doing different things, learning different mm-hmm. skills. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so you're you're quilting um, uh, your quilts now, and you're doing like re- you were doing this um, spiral pattern, which is really nice. And I like how you do your little short videos about that. Um, anything else? I think I saw you actually just this morning. You did a little video where you cut uh, squares for nine patch. Blocks yes, I've been on doing your that cricket. on my Cricut. Nice. I bought a maker. So if, just, just so people know, if you're going to buy a Cricut for cutting fabric, you need one with a rotary cutting wheel. Yeah. And that is the maker, not any other machine. Right. And I have to say it's awesome because, you know, if you do have arthritis or hand injuries or limitations, it's also you can just put, you know, put your piece down and mm-hmm. squares are super easy to cut and you're off off to the races. You'll have a whole stack cut in no time. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to scrap bust too. So like you just cut out your sheets, put them down, the machine mm-hmm. cuts them. Now it's not as fast or f- super fast. I'll say that much, you know, so if mm-hmm. you buy one thinking that you can crank them out real quick, mm-hmm. but you can probably cut them faster with the rotary cutter by hand. But when you have a bad day and your fingers don't want to work, it's a great, mm-hmm. it's a great option. So, yeah, so I've been doing that. I've kind of slowed down, you know, over the pandemic and taking in quilts, but a lot of my friends are calling me again. <laughs> so now I have a whole bunch of quilts, you know, coming this week and I have a few. And, you know, I like doing the little mini swirl spiral things and curls. It's a nice go-to stitch uh-huh. to do on yeah. on the long arm. I do feathers and custom work too. But, you know, life has changed over the last couple of years. <laughs> you know, we've yeah. all had to re- really evaluate how we're spending our time. Mm-hmm. And I like to do lots of things. So sometimes the pressure of taking on a quilt that has to have a date, like graduations and weddings, that got to be a little tough with my full-time job taking a huge 
change since the pandemic started. It got very, very busy. So I'm tired. And so (laughs) I'm kind of taking a little more time. I think it's not to say I'm not taking quilts in. It's just I'm spending more time doing self-care. Because work, when your work is hard, you don't have four to six hours in a day to dedicate to another job. I'm tired. My brain, my brain is tired sometimes. So, so it's a lot of fun to have things to look forward to and things Mm -hmm. to try. Mm -hmm. And I'm in a more relaxed environment that you're not like, I have this deadline. And, and I've not taken on as many sew along collaborations Mm -hmm. and things like that either, because I'm like, I have so much fabric in this house because <laughs> part of what I've bought, part of it is I inherited it, some of it. And I'm like, you know, I just want to explore things I want to do with color and practice different things. Maybe make some things that are a little simpler. Like I've been doing um, Irish chains over the last six to nine months. I did a single Irish chain and now I'm doing a triple Irish chain. And it's great because the cricket can help me cut it out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, quilting is one of those things that you're always learning. And mm-hmm. I felt like I needed to practice more on using color with what I had mm-hmm. and trying to do scrap quilts versus purchasing a line of fabric. Because I like to do that too, but it, it's it's not as much decision-making you have to make, right? <laughs> and picking your, you know, pulling your fabrics. That I can't believe how long it takes. I, I had forgotten that part of That's making a one quilt. one of my favorite parts of it, though. It, is. And I had <laughs> it's, it comes from my from design it. background, though. So I pull fabrics for a living mm-hmm. for people as far as, like, upholstery and drapery fabrics. Sure. Uh, but when I started quilting, though, it there is a difference um, because I, st- I will, <laughs> when I started quilting, I was pulling fabrics and, um, that would work together. Um, but they were either like the patterns were too big and it didn't look like how I wanted it to after it got cut up. And then I was also buying yards instead of like, I only need a third of a yard for this part of it. So, so that was like a transition, but now I'm transitioned and I just, I love pulling fabrics for, for projects. And I know that, um, you know, sometimes people just, that's the worst, that's the hardest thing for them to do. Uh, and other people, it's been a creative process where they don't want to. They want to just do it as very um, spontaneously. Yes. But I, I'm different that way, I think, just because of how I've been trained in a sure. design process. And I enjoy having this overall picture of my project and... Mm-hmm color palette. I love doing color palettes and then pulling the fabrics and knowing what I'm going to do. But I am getting myself out of that. And I did take a, like a four-year break from sew-alongs and quilt-alongs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I just signed up for one this year. It's with Quilt Folk. And it is... That looked like a fun one. Yes, it does. That. And it is going to take me out of my comfort zone because it's improv. Yes. So that's where I'm going to be like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Improv is a lot of fun. I have done <laughs> improv quilts before. And I, I've mm-hmm. taken a couple classes over this last year on color and mm-hmm. scraps because 
I don't have an art background and mine is more in, you know, in healthcare is my background. So not a, in music. So, um, mm-hmm. so that's where leaning on my sister who is an artist and has mm-hmm. more art yeah. um, theory and color theory, you know, she can help me with those. Yeah. But I thought, you know, I kind of gotten away from it too. And that's where this year I'm like, really want to focus on refreshing my brain on yeah. color and color theory yet still have a little bit of flexibility. So like the Irish chain, I mm-hmm. you know, pulled. And now I'm looking like, I think I need more colors. But what's cool about them is you can mix them in as you mm-hmm. go a little bit and not do any damage to the blacks that I've already mm-hmm. already have because you can mix them up. That's true. Yeah, I'm doing an Irish chain right now too. For It's a commission for my client. Uh, They're so, so pretty. Yeah, and 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 I think it's gonna be it's my first one really of a big big Irish chain quilt, so um, it's fun. I'm I, I'm doing all of the strips, you know, you do the strips and then you can cut them down mm-hmm. to sizes and stuff. So it's fun. I like it. It's um, it's it's it, basically it's like the one the one shape that you just kind of turn yes. around. And it can be kind of different patterns. Yeah. You can get chain yeah. piecing with it uh-huh. and I can sit down and chain piece a whole bunch of different things. And mm-hmm. then, which I don't normally do. I'm a one block at a time person and I like cutting one block at a time, but this mm-hmm. takes me out of my comfort zone of <laughs> let's cut a bunch up and let's just kind of <laughs> sit down and chain piece a few and then assemble your nine patches. Isn't that a little and freeing though? I, I it find is. it is when you can it chain is. stitch. And and I can sit there and go, all right, now I can actually really focus on a pressing plan and make this thing flat. And um, sometimes, you know, you can have a disaster on the back of a quilt with twisted stitches if you don't <laughs> pay attention to how you're pressing, uh-huh. which I can get lazy with from time to time. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been fun. Oh, that's good. So you're working on um, the nine patch and are you work? are you working on iris chain as well or... I am. I'm doing a triple Irish chain. So Mm -hmm. the black itself is nine, nine patches. Oh, okay. They become very large. And then I've resurrected after taking a long break of about nine months, a dear Jane. I have started that at the beginning of the pandemic and um, it's very hard. There is no doubt about it. It takes you out of your comfort zone. It's also something that I'm practicing scraps, but it's also doing all of those techniques that I've never tried. And then there's a lot of applique. And then we're talking, these are five inch blocks that probably the original Jane Stickle who made them did them by hand. Oh, yeah. So uh-huh. I had, I ran into a problem because I thought I, I do foundation paper piecing a lot and I love it. But then I ran into the book I have and the electric quilt add-on. There's no directions. You just pull up these blocks and you're like, I don't know how, I don't even know how to begin to do all this curved piecing. So I found a really, really fun website and it is called Scrap Stash. And this person really did a great job in giving block by block tutorials and I'll have to send you a link Stephanie to okay. I think it's Hobby Stash. I think I got their name wrong. Dear Jane. Yeah, it's Hobby Stash. Okay. So what's great about it is there's a block by block tutorial that you can print off and take to your machine. And 
she also gives you the foundation paper piecing. She gives you templates, however you want to do it mm -hmm. and how she problem solved how to do it. And she is got the center part of Dear Jane done. Now she's working on the border triangles. And I'm like, this is awesome because sometimes you just have a block, a total mm -hmm. block. And that's what happened. I had two curved pieces. They were too small. Mm -hmm. And then that translated over months to where all of my blocks were the wrong size in my head. They were all, they had to all be wrong. I was going to have to start all over. This was ridiculous. You know how you do this self-talk where you're like, yeah, I just need to throw this whole project away and start <laughs> over, which is the messy middle. So I, I just think we all go through it in the middle of the project. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what was I thinking? This is too hard for me. Um, <clears throat> I got them all out. It was just those last two that I did that were the wrong size and oh. I couldn't figure out how to fix them. <laughs> so there's some pretty novel ideas on how to how to make them. And I did one. It's not exactly perfect. Not at all. But it's not exactly the way I like. I might remake it just because I'm practicing using my machine. And I think I need to adjust the stitch width. But it was great because I'm like, wow, somebody in the middle of making it is writing tutorials. So you're not digging up information that's out of date or something that maybe doesn't make sense because it was so long ago when they did it, you know, right. it's fresh right yeah. there. So I would say if you're working on a Dear Jane, prepare yourself. <laughs> it is not a one-year project. It's a many-year project. I, and yeah. <laughs> I have the book. I've had it for a few years and, um, I've been thinking about it and hearing other people that are making it and, um, putting all that together in my head. And I'm thinking if I wait to make this, like all the little four inch blocks, original quilts, I may never do like end up doing it. So I want to start off. Maybe I will, but I want to just get myself started. So I think I, I, I did get that add on for mm -hmm. equal, equal, EQ8. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, I haven't really played, played with it yet. But they have bigger sizes. So I want to probably like do pick some of the blocks mm -hmm. and make them a bit larger. Yeah, probably and, like eight, nine inch blocks, even right, right. good size. Yeah. Because those teeny tiny little curves, you I know, think they're, they're four inch blocks, aren't they? Yeah. It's yeah, really tiny. Yeah. Five. And then they're four and a half inch finished is yeah. is how, how they're set up. And you're looking at, you know, a double they're almost like double drunkards pass where you have, mm -hmm. you know, a circle in the middle that's pie shaped and then all the colors are alternating on the outside. There are some that are cloverleaf shaped, some of them, you know, and I look at them and I panic because I'm like, I don't even know. I know some people who do them all English paper piecing too. I mean, there are yeah. those, but it's, it's just no matter what you do, it's a slow project. And I'm, I'm looking for that in my life right now. A yeah, slow project. So. I it's nice it to up. have one of those. Mm -hmm. Yes. Put it away when you're done mm -hmm. and you need a break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I think that because I think the smaller size, the four inch size was meant for hand stitching. Mm -hmm. And, it's, you know, the curves and all of that stuff is meant for the hand stitching absolutely. At, at the start. So translating it to machine stitching is a whole nother thing. Yeah. And foundation paper piecing 
a whole nother, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, and picking fabric with tiny, tiny prints. Yeah, because a block that print, tiny, yeah. Yeah, you mm-hmm. have to be very careful in fabric choices. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, so it's a huge learning. So that's why I've gone mm-hmm. back to refreshing my memory yeah. about some of these basic principles of right. quilting and color theory, because if you make a fabric choice mistake yeah. in your tiny block that you spent hours and hours oh, making, you get super frustrated. Yeah, and, sure. and, and it's just, but you can also use, you know, the Cricut to cut out those curved pieces if you want to mm-hmm. do them by hand. I know a lot of people do. Um, but so far I'm following my website here at Hobby Stash. And okay. Well, we'll put that great ideas. on there for sure. Cause that mm-hmm. probably is helpful for a lot of people. I want to take a look at that too. Um, to see. And if I get the center done, then I might actually try to do those triangles. Those are the ones that look completely overwhelming to me, the outside triangles. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not as bad as it looks, but... No, they might be easier. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm thinking it might be easier. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so let's segue over to knitting. Mm-hmm. And um, you and I are both knitting a, a, the same project. Um, yes, in the process, elementary. the elementary wrap. Yes, and um, I heard it on your podcast, and then you were saying that also Kristen Esser mm-hmm. uh, was doing it, and I even think Frances. I think she as is well. Too. That's what yeah, Kristen had told me, and I'm like, oh, that sounds perfect yeah. for me because I am. I like Zen knitting. You know, when you start having to, I like. Cables are pretty and all that, but when you start really working on a project with lots of intricate counting and stitches, I get, you know, I'm knitting in the evening, so I'm tired. But this is great because it's a, it's stocking at and just have, you know, a couple of different changes at the beginning and the end. And I have a funny story about my yarn (laughs) is a, um, it's called Transitions and I have had this yarn I am not kidding for probably 10 years Mm -hmm. sitting in my stash. (laughs) And when Kristen told me it was, you know, a fingering weight yarn and it was just stocking at and did I want to join? And I'm like, you know, that would be a perfect wintertime project. But I made a mistake is that I used straight needles, which is what I had on hand versus buying circular needles, which is what the pattern calls for. So mine is a real pretty yarn that was designed as one huge skein, mm-hmm. and it was $40 10 oh. years ago, which is a huge amount of money for yeah. me. I don't normally spend that much money. I opened up the pattern. I looked at this yarn that you have to draw through a hole in the box because it's not um, spun. It's four tiny little strings of yarn that make up one yarn piece and I'm like oh my gosh what have I done when I (laughs) bought it and the the pattern was too hard so it's actually turning out to be quite beautiful in this very zen stocking that stitch I I did a swatch which I don't normally do which always (laughs) you know you should Mm -hmm. and I calculated how many you know to cast on and I followed the the pattern and what's beautiful about transition yarn is I thought it's like, you know, when you buy things for quilting, you buy it and you're so afraid to cut into it because it's so beautiful and you don't want to wreck it. And I mm-hmm. spent so much money mm-hmm. on it. And this goes from a amber 
colors from uh, gray to burgundy and it's going to go into a pinks mm -hmm. and then to something that's a very very dark now oh, i'm showing it to stephanie yeah. here on our call and i'm only yeah. about two and a half three feet into it and um, you're a lot farther than me so <laughs> slow i am so slow but I i'll think... show you i'll show you mine okay <laughs> so see. it's a single color that's beautiful <laughs> i had twice i had twice the amount done and two weeks ago, I pulled it all back because when I held it up in the light, there weren't holes, but they looked like holes, and it was a tension thing. Yeah, and I have a I'm like, of those look, spots. I'm like looking at this, and I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. know, I don't know. And then I I'm have like, a couple. Oh. I have a couple where I think I even like maybe dropped the stitch, but picked it up. You know, mm -hmm. like the stitch later. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's for, I decided I'm leaving it because it's going to tell the story of me being so scared to try something because I spent mm -hmm. a lot of money on a high quality thing that I did it and it's not perfect. And I'm going to wear this. Yeah. I, like about I it, plan to wear this so, too. So and, beautiful. And the then, texture. And, yeah. And then this, this yarn also, I, I just, innately like to make things difficult for myself without even realizing I it. do the same thing <laughs> so uh, this is like a what is it uh alpaca and oh, yes. so uh, apparently when I read up on it, it's a little bit more um uh it's a little trickier to work with it but, is it kind of slides yeah it does so yeah mine is a 52 percent cotton 48 percent acrylic and it's it's I like cotton to wear because yeah. I, I I'm very rosacea pink most of the time, <laughs> and so cotton doesn't give me uh, as much itching and redness. Yeah, so I love alpaca, but yeah, me too. So unfortunately, they call it the poor wool. man's cashmere. <laughs> yes, yes. And I thought, you know, this is a great it's a great pattern. It's a free pattern. Um, they of course are promoting their yarn, and I thought. I have this $40 skein of yarn that I've lost and found three mm -hmm. times in 10 years. I found it. I'm going to use it before I yeah. lose it again. I'm not uh, good. At, I'm still kind of, I'm, I would consider myself now a confident beginner. <laughs> I really kind of started this. I started and stopped knitting like a lot, like a few times over mm -hmm. the past 15 years. Sure. And, but this time it's like for real and I stayed with it, but um, uh, it, 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 their yarn is beautiful, but like you said earlier, I mean it's so pricey. It and is. This takes expensive. this takes multiple skeins, mm -hmm. and their skeins are tiny, and they're like almost thirty dollars. So, yep. but I like I love going on the hunt and like uh, places like Webs and um, that other one. Uh, there's a few of them, and, and then I buy Jimmy Bean nitpicks, and, yeah, and I buy yeah. like these closeouts of these nicer yarns, and it's yes. much more reasonable. So that's and that's what I normally do. <laughs> that's how too. I knit <laughs> because I don't know. And the other reason why I wanted to do this is because I finally learned to do how to do a purl stitch that I'm comfortable with, and and I got it, and I can make it look nice. So this was also kind of like a technique builder for me as yes, well. So I like this. I like this elementary wrap. I like that all of you guys are also doing it as well. And um, 
And so. there's no no winners and losers no. at how fast we get it done no. because yeah. uh, Kristen's way ahead of me, but she is a much <laughs> faster knitter and she knits socks all the yeah. time. So this fingering weight yarn, sock yarn, you know, is comfortable for her where I feel like I have to go real slow and it's dark this time of year. So I have to have all the spotlights on in my living room so I can see. And, yeah. um, and I know Francis has been plugging away at it too. So uh, it's, it's just fun to, yeah. cause it's one of those things that during this time of, you know, the pandemic and now we're getting to where they're going to make it call it endemic, I guess, but <laughs> I, we're still on a lot of lockdown up here in mm-hmm. lockdown in the fact that you know, the hospitals are full still. And, and I personally am not going to a lot of places because there isn't anywhere to go if you were to get sick. Okay. So that's my choices on that. Mm -hmm. But this is a way for all of us, even across the miles to reach out and still go, Hey, have you been working on that at all? (laughs) No, not this week. How about you? (laughs) Eh, maybe once, you know, but we're, you know, it's a way to bring us together. And I think both alongs and so alongs are the same for a lot of people too, if they have, you know, communities where you can chat, but this is just a nice slow stitching, Mm -hmm. no pressure, no timetables Mm -hmm. with something beautiful. Yeah. And I put this away for about a month. I haven't worked on it um, because I switched over to some sewing projects, but I'm going to come back to it um, now that I finished what I Same wanted here. to finish. I, I um, put it away for a little bit over Christmas mm-hmm. and, and I was crocheting. Yeah. I still am crocheting. And since I crocheted so much, I gave myself a little tendonitis in my dominant hand. So oh, I'm putting yeah. the crocheting down for a little bit. I've done that. Yeah. yeah. I did yep. that with the knitting when I was first learning yes. and how it was so much of a struggle for me to like get those movements down. And I held my hands and the, so the grip was so tight. And after a while, it's just, so I had to stop that too. But that's why like when I learned this pearl stitch that I learned, it you could knit and knit and knit and and you're you're fine. Your arms and your wrists and your hands are fine. Yes. It's that Arne and Carlos Norwegian pearl where you don't have to pull the, f- the yarn up to the front. It oh. all stays behind the needle. I will have to look at it. It's that. a little bit more like twisty, whatever. But mm-hmm. once you get the mm-hmm. and and I'll I'll send you the video. I would love it's to see really it. great. Arne uh, or Carlos does it so. It, it's very hard for me to learn from Arne because he's so fast. Yes. It, when he does his tutorials, <laughs> he's like, in there. He's like, like, did you speed that up? No, that's just how fast he did. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's so simple. You just do it like this. And he goes, his needles. Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm like oh, okay. Down. <laughs> All right. I just didn't see one thing that you just did. No. <laughs> so no, Carlos did it. <laughs> because the fun, so a super funny story about knitting is my, I taught my daughter how to knit like I knit. And I'm left-handed. I did never had anyone show me how to knit. I learned how to knit out of a book. And then one of my friends whose mom is British, I showed her my knit. She goes, yeah, that looks great. Only it's not the right way. I was knitting kind of backwards where I was knitting in the front of the loop instead of the back of the loop. Mm. So if you were to knit in the round... My daughter called me, why is this hat all twisted like a <laughs> barber's pole? It's not working. And I go, I don't know. She goes, is this how you knit? And I go, yeah, that's how I knit. Anyway, we both learned in the last year and a half or two years that there are multiple ways to make a knit stitch. And if mm. you don't want to twist, there's a certain way to make them. So I, so that's my also my reason for the elementary wrap is mm. to 
knit in the traditional manner so you're not twisting the stitches. Ah, okay. But I'd love to learn the purl because that's where you drop. I drop them mm-hmm. a lot is on the purl stitch. Yeah. So. I'll send it to you. And um, he and I like how Carlos does. He's like, it's like a cha-cha-cha because at first you'll think, oh my gosh, you're twisting and doing like this. But once you get the three little movements, it's a rhythm and it's so e- much easier, so much fast. easier on your wrists and your arms and you can get fast at it. So yeah. I was oh, just I like, will. oh, thank God, because I was almost about to have to give this up because for some reason I can't do the pearl stitch. <laughs> no, pearl is a challenge for everybody. And that was the thing that um, when Kristen said they were doing it, she goes, I hope you like to pearl because you get a hundred and some across. That's a pearl stitch. I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so true. But yeah, that's that's great. I, I'm glad that I learned about this from you and and that Kristen and everybody. So it's fun. It really is fun. Hey there, me again. I recorded the chit chat segment before I edited our conversation and realized that we had talked for almost two hours. See, see what I'm talking about. Like talking with Vicky is so easy and it just time goes by and you don't even realize it. So what I'm going to do is break this up into two episodes. Uh, So probably mm, I will hope to try to get this up uh, by next week. If not, it'll be like the usual um, bi-weekly upload. But you will have a whole other hour of me and Vicky chatting away at uh, all of our uh, crafts that we love to do. I hope you enjoyed the conversation so far and check out the show notes for all the links that we were talking about earlier. And I will actually I will see you. I will not see you. I will talk to you again. Uh, So it's not the end of the season, I guess. (laughs) to be continued. All right, take care and uh, chat with you next time. Bye-bye. If you would like a bonus episode every month, become a patron and support the Make and Decorate podcast show at my Patreon page, Make and Decorate. For extended show notes with links and photos to what we've talked about, visit my podcast blog at makeanddecorate.com. And remember to take some time for yourself to be creative. Bye-bye.